Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Rathpeakin Rambler. This is a second breakfast episode where anything can happen. This week I'm talking to Rusty Gray, aka Liam Dalton, out of Queens, New York. He is my cousin and more importantly, he is an absolutely brilliant, really, really talented wordsmith, rapper, unbelievable stuff. Before I play that interview for you, I just want to say, as I do with most episodes, I just want to say a quick thanks to everybody for liking, sharing, got a few lovely texts and um, nice messages this week from people um, saying well done and stuff. And just want to say thanks to those people and thanks to just everyone for listening and and liking and reading and subscribing and stuff. Um, I was talking to Katie during the week and I was just saying like, you know, the views and all that, that doesn't bother me. That used to bother me last year, the year before maybe. But it's just cool to know that some people enjoy what I do, even even if it's on just on this minuscule scale. But I just want to say thanks so much for that. And before we go into the interview, we're going to do a weekly roundup. On Monday, the Rathpeak and Rambler wished Corkman Killian Murphy and screen actor legend Ian McKellen a happy birthday. On Tuesday, he talked about two short films, The Shift and Fear of Flying. On Wednesday, he talked about the Roy Keane documentary that surfaced on YouTube in the last few weeks. On Thursday, he did nothing and ate a lot. And on Friday, he bared his soul to the world once again in a two-personal post. Welcome to the Rathpeak and Rambler. How would you like that? Now, guys, bit of news music for you there. Gone pure professional. Heading for the big leagues. The big leagues, man. The big leagues someday. Right. Get ready for an interview that surpasses all other interviews. Just kidding. It's okay. It's a, It was a bit of crack. We talked about music, politics, racism. We covered an absolute ball of things and... We ended up talking about some dodgy material, so stick around till the end, and thank you again for listening. You know the food for your soul, gotta feed your mind, you gotta know if you eating right, gotta put yourself first, yes, let's address this, but while we're here, let's have a second breakfast. Welcome to the first interview episode of the Rathbeak and Rambler podcast, Second Breakfast, and the man who just sang the intro. And we'll be singing the outro, the fantastic Rusty Gray, the Prince of Queens, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to give, we're going to leave the Fresh Prince of Queen. <laughs> we're going to leave J- Kevin James the title of the King of Queens. That's all he has going for him anymore. <laughs> he needs that. The Prince of Queens, Rusty Gray. Um, the yes. Masbeth Mumbler, as he tried to give himself <laughs> the title. Um, thanks so much for coming on the, the podcast. Thanks yeah. for all the help, first of all, with all the music. And but seriously, thank you so much. I've gotten so many messages about the music and it sounds so much better with the music. Thank you so much for that, first of all. Thank you, man. Thank you for allowing me to do it. Thank you for having me. It's oh, an honor nice. to be on, even though you're my rival podcast, the Wrath Peak and Rambler versus the Mass with Mumbler. It's, I've decided to end the feud live. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is uh, our Meek Mill moment. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and... Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited. I'm very nervous. It took me about uh, 20 minutes to even start this, but we'll, we'll get you it know. going. So just, we know I, each other. It's cool. We know each other. I know, but you there's know. so many other... There, everybody else is listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, 
I know all about Rusty Gray and I've tried to get all my Facebook friends and the followers of the page know, but tell me a bit Thank about you. Rusty Gray. I'm from Queens, New York. Um, I started writing when I was like, I don't know. I feel like I was started writing when I was really young, but then it elevated when I was like 15, 16. And then when I was like 18 or 19, I started putting out music and that just elevated to my life passion, just what it is today. And it's, it's just all, that's all you need to know about me, really, I guess. It's just, I love to make music and that's what I do all the time. And yeah. I am the master with Mumble. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and it was, um, it was Stargazing was your first EP that was released. That was, yeah, that, that was, was uh, I, yeah. When was, that 20, was 2017. Yeah, 2017. Oh, good memory. Thank you. Hey, man. I appreciate that. That's what I'm not paid for, you know? And um, <laughs> so... If you were like, I wrote something down, I was thinking about like the transformation or your transition from your first release releases as compared to your new releases. Like, how, how do you feel about a stargazing EP now? And do you still like it or do you still listen to it? Um, how do I feel about the stargazing EP now? I kind of go back and forth. Um, at first, I because I worked so hard on it kind of in a short period of time. And then I was working to this deadline because I had this release party set up. And then the day that it was released, I had to be, and then the day of the party, I had to be rushed to the hospital. So I just kind of, it was kind of like, felt like it sent me to the hospital. <laughs> oh, but, shit. What was, what was, what did you go to the hospital for? If you don't mind me asking if it's very personal. No, yeah, no, it was a masturbatory. It was a, you know, masturbating injury, but I don't want, no. Nah. Um, <laughs> it was this weird thing where hey, it's I was getting to these, us all, you know. <laughs> it's happened to the best of us. <laughs> um, Got to come correct, you know, but I, <laughs> I had these weird like shooting pains on my sides and it just, I was kind of just like, it would come and it would go. Damn, I didn't mean to do that again. Oh, <laughs> no, but um, I didn't kids, know what it was. Kids listen to this show exclusively. Damn. This is a PG podcast. I hope Granny doesn't listen to this. But <laughs> um, I I didn't know what it was, and I was kind of just pushing it aside. And I was like, it doesn't matter how I feel today. Like I have this release party that I have to get through, and I have to run. And then it just got really worse. And my family was just telling me, like, you have to go to the hospital. It is what it is. And it was this weird thing. They think it was like infectious colitis. I think I might, it might have been like food poisoning, which led to this. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And then Jesus. I missed that release party. And that was just a bad taste in my mouth. Everything revolving the project for a while. So I didn't listen to it at all for months. For no reason, I just hated it. And then I went back and I was like, oh, I actually kind of like this. And then... I was like, damn, I'm actually pretty good. No, nah, I'm just playing. But uh, <laughs> now I just feel like I've completely grown from it. And transitioning from then to now, I just feel like it's that was my youthful stage. And now I'm much more mature and, and I've found my sound, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Because like the last, I mean, I love all of it, obviously. I mean, I'm a big fan. I love sharing your stuff on the, the page. Um, Thank you. But especially like the one take Wednesday stuff is always really, really good. I love the um, the Tom Hanks or the Tom Hanks one. I love, but also the Johnny Cash Ring of Fire. 
That was hard. Oh, point. thank you. That, that was fire. <laughs> All right. Um, how do thank I leave the much. meeting? No, I'm just playing. No, thank <laughs> you, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was really, but also, but feel, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You, this is your interview, Liam. I do apologize. This is your podcast. <laughs> when we're on the Maspeth Mumbler, I will say what I have to say, but I want to know what you had to say. You're right. I need to be more. I need to be more confident in my own work. Um, <laughs> like I love the Johnny Cash Ring of Fire one. Um, how do you pick? Do you just pick a random beat each week, or do you hear something during? I know you're not doing them as regularly now, but when you were doing them, how did you um, pick the beat? It it was kind of a a mixture of random and not random at all. For it started off as just a lot of beats that I wanted to spit on for a minute. And then I was just like, oh, this is my, this is a way that I can spit on all these beats that I've been wanting to. But then I kind of mixed in most of the stuff that I was leaning towards were kind of like classic or old school beats or even just beats from like a couple of years ago that I've been wanting to do something to. But then I tried to mix in like, like a new song here and there. So those would kind of just be like, okay, this is something that just came out that I fuck with. I'm going to do something on this for this week. And then next week I'll go back to my list. I had like a, a list of like, probably 50 beats that I would hear and I would just be like, oh, I got to do something to this. And I still have a million beats nice. on that. But some, some like the Ring of Fire, uh, that last summer, I like, because uh, my uncle John always played uh, Johnny Cash around the house and I used to never want to hear it at all. I was always <laughs> just like, no, I only want to hear rap music. But then like the last couple of years, I've opened my, like my mind to different genres of music. And now I listen to a bunch of different crazy stuff. I feel like when I first started making music, I had to find inspiration from other things. So, and that really helped me develop as an artist. So I, last year I got really into Johnny Cash the same time that my nephew, Sean did <laughs> my two year old <laughs> nephew at the time, but, and Sean would always want to listen to it. And we were just always listening to Johnny Cash and we still do, but that's what really inspired that one. I was like, and I, I had a concept with that, which was kind of like the income inequality. And I felt like I had to have a concept mm-hmm. on the Ring of Fire because Johnny Cash was so like conceptual and ahead of his time and like woke yeah. back then. So, yeah. Definitely. And Sean is actually a producer on all of Rusty Gray's <laughs> tracks. So check him out. It's Sean EQ. Um, <laughs> but all of those writer. <laughs> but all of those one take Wednesdays are on uh, YouTube for anyone listening to this uh, podcast. They're absolutely unreal. And I, I suppose the last, not the last bit, but like another transition to more recently. Um, Medellin. Is it, am I saying, is it a soft Y? Medellin. 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 Um, and like Prince Akeem, like, they're both, they're both, I know I sound biased because you're my cousin, but like, I, they're both on real songs. Um, Thank you so much. Can you tell me a bit about like the music video for Medellin and uh, like <laughs> what kind of, how did you come up with the idea for the whole thing? And yeah, just tell me all about it. Um, when I first recorded Medellin, um, I didn't have any any thoughts of a music video to it. I was just like, okay, this is a, a beat that kind of has a Colombian vibe to it. And in the song, I kind of compared making music to selling drugs. And then 
uh, engineer that I work with, Jimmy Swag, shout out to Jimmy Swag. And he was like, yo, you should do a video like where you dress up as Pablo Escobar. I was like, yeah, that'd be hilarious, but I don't know if a white guy dressing up as Pablo is going to get me canceled. And then <laughs> he was like, nah, but like, yeah. but like, it'll be funny. Like everyone will know it'll be funny. And then I was like, eh, I kind of like put that on the back burner for a minute. And then it just started to like brew in my mind of like the comedic aspect of it. And I was like, yo, this would actually be mad funny. But it was important to me that I make everything official. And the only non-official part like the only non like genuine and authentic part of this video is me playing Pablo Escobar. So yeah. that though, everything else, it was actually, uh, what kind of inspired it was, I, I forgot if it was, you're going to kill me for this. Cause I don't know any like the Avengers or any type of superhero stuff, but, uh, what's the superhero that, uh, Scarlett Johansson plays? Uh, Black Widow. Yeah. So, uh swag was showing telling me about there was a commercial or maybe a part of her movie where her entire family is speaking russian or something mm -hmm. and she's replying in english in like a perfect accent like not a russian accent at all and he oh was like, yeah was, yeah he was like it was it was so funny to me like he she's just replying in perfect english and they're all not so we like kind of were inspired by that and I brought that into the video. And that's like my favorite part of the video is that they're all speaking perfect Colombian Spanish <laughs> and I am replying in English. <laughs> so that's what really, that was a big inspiration for it. So I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to get my, I, I wanted to portray it as if Larry David was playing Pablo Escobar. I wanted it to be funny. I wanted yeah. it to be <laughs> improvisational and, and authentic to Colombian country, uh, culture because the Colombians love me and I love the Colombians. So. We all, that. we all know that. We all know that. Any other stories you'd like to share about Colombians or? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have no stories. There are no <laughs> stories to tell. <laughs> um, is that a, that's a big part of your music. So is, is authenticity and, and a, like things, um, things that are dear to you. Like when you make a song and make a video, that, is that a big part of uh, that to you? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think that's what, well, that's why I even do it in the first place is just to, uh, it's just venting for me. It's just an outlet. So if I don't keep it like real to me, then it's, there's no point in it. Then I'm just dancing around and being a clown. So even though, even though a lot of the stuff that I've put out so far isn't like as personal as a lot of the stuff that I have in the vault waiting to put out, they're all yeah. true to me in the sense where it's the type of music that I love and it's the type of concepts and art that I love to create, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's unreal. Um, so there's one or two questions I have um, that are still related. You were Russ Gray, and now you're Rusty Gray. And you never informed me of that. Um, For real? I, I looked online one day, and I was like, who the fuck is Rusty Gray? <laughs> <laughs> um, is, was there any big meaning in the name change or was it just sorry bro I, th I thought I informed you I thought you got the nah, it's okay man I'm, I'm used to it man you know? I, I, I had my people call your people I didn't know they... right, um, <laughs> it was it's funny because I thought you said was there a big meeting about this name change I was like yes all the local politicians got involved and they really fought for Russ Gray, but I was adamant about Rusty Gray. No, but um, 
there was a couple of reasons why I needed a way out of that name. And first of all, I got the name because they used to call me Rusty at the YMCA in Queens when I was playing ball there and because of my hair color, obviously. And then I put gray at the end because I was rocking uh, cool gray nines. And so I made it, me and my boy made it Russ Gray with a dollar sign just because we were just like into that ignorant rap shit, which I still am, of course. But <laughs> it was just like looked cool. But then, but that was back when we were just like, we didn't care about any type of marketability. We were just like trying to be just like underground, you know, just like rappers on SoundCloud and shit and these random yeah. like dive bars or whatever. But I realized last year that, um, that it's going to be hard to make that a commercial marketable name because one, there's a dollar sign and two, there's a, there's another artist by the name of Russ. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, no. <laughs> All right. There you have it folks. <laughs> no, nah, but he's like pretty popular. Right. And okay. I, when I found out about him, I had already chosen my, my stage name and I was like, fuck this guy. He ain't going to be shit. I hate him. And really, really like he's dope. And I fuck with him. And he's only gotten bigger since then. So in, in a way, it's because of me. But I had to get away from that. I had to get the dollar sign out because it's hard for my Google searches. And I had to change the rest because I don't want anyone to mistake me or be like, huh, kind of like Ruth, right? So yeah, yeah, my I way out you. of that was just making it, putting it back to its, putting it back to like its its source, which is rusty, it makes it more yeah. Googleable, Googleable, and it's more <laughs> genuine in my opinion, and it kind of adds more charisma. So yeah, and it, it, it does, was kind of yeah. like a rebrand without a rebrand. So I yeah yeah, like I, I like said, it, I, like I say, I said I grew away from the stargazing project. So this was my way of when I re-released all my music as Rusty Gray. I didn't put that out because I felt like I grew from it. And that's something separate from Rusty Gray, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. Um, that's, and, you know, like fair play for the work ethic in getting to stargazing and and keeping it up. Because it's... Thank you. Like it's, in, especially in New York City, um, you know, other cities in America too, but in New York City there's a lot of um like i've been to your shows over there there's a lot of young talent trying to promote themselves and it would be very easy to see the pool the pool of people already trying and you know not give it your all so fair play for you know keeping the effort and the obviously the talent is there but keeping the effort and the the work ethic there still Thank especially you. in coronavirus times too you know thank you very much no likewise ah sure we're all just doing our bit um in saying that uh, like you know with keeping up the work i think um and this is something i was talking about well something i was writing about this week but about how much value do you put in in getting clicks and views on your is that important to you or is it more getting your own message out there regardless i mean i i'll be lying if i said i didn't pay attention to it i think everybody mm -hmm. does even if they say that they don't but it doesn't matter to me as much as it used to like i used to just dwell on that and then like get inside my own head about it and then that would affect 
my work ethic of the day like it wouldn't affect me long term but it would be like oh damn like what's the point then but then quickly i would get back and recent within the past like two three years i've noticed that it's just it's better to not pay attention to it and just keep your head down and work because when the views and stuff do come you'll have this whole catalog that people can go back and really you know resonate with and that's how you build a true fan base because if you are just paying attention to that, then, oh, your first, say your first 50 songs don't get a lot of plays where you're just going to stop. No one gets all those plays on their first 50 songs. If they do, it's a fluke and it's not going to last long. But if you build yeah. a catalog and then one day that those clicks come and then they have this whole catalog to really view and then that's how you become a real fan. So I, I don't stress it anymore, to be honest. Yeah, that's good. That's the best at it. And you have, you have a good following um, of close friends, but also you have a good following online and at your shows. Because I remember, like, even being at some of your shows, and there'd be fans, like other groups would bring their fans or bring their friends and family, but they'd all end up like cheering for you at the end, which was always really cool. Right. Like, which was always, yeah, yeah, it was always insane. It was class. Um, but that was always. Thank that was always good, man. Um, so what do you have planned for, not the f- immediate future, because we're probably all going to be locked inside for another while, but <laughs> do you have any new music coming out or any plans for new music? Yeah, so I have a lot of music that I'm sitting on, but um, right now I'm working on an album that's almost done. So nice. I hope to have that finished within the next couple of weeks, really finished written in the next couple of weeks and then within the next month be recorded and stuff like that and then i have a like an ep that i'm working on also so and then there'll be like singles and freestyles between that time i have a freestyle dropping sure. tomorrow night on wednesday nice. one take wednesday for the one time and then <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah just a couple of singles and hopefully i'll put out the album but i don't know i'm i want to really like be cautious with this and wait till the time's right to put it out, but it's going to be done really soon. So it's either going to be end summer or, or the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think, yeah, it's difficult to know when to put something out now, especially like a, a big work of art like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you don't know, like I, I it's, it's just a weird time in general. What's it like over there in general with the, the coronavirus? I know, not a lot of New Yorkers are not, but maybe not that not a lot of New Yorkers are adhering. But what's it like over there in the coronavirus uh, lockdown state? It's crazy, just because people were at the point where people are acting like nothing's going on. So that's kind of wild. But the numbers are going down. We're not at the point where we can reopen yet, but I think that's going to happen soon. But yeah. a lot of the experts say that a sort like couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever then i saw into reopening we're, we're gonna get a second wave we're gonna get a resurgence so i don't know it's it's a scary time but i don't know it's weird yeah. it's a very strange time i think That's we gotta just bite the bullet and stay in a little longer but people like to pretend life is fine so i yeah. wish i lived in that fantasy <laughs> oh stop it's still it's the same here man we're all like like i've been I haven't left the house pro like I haven't left within two kilometers of where of the house I'm in like for the last two months 
well, right. not two months, nearly two months, but like, you know, you see, hear stories and see stories of people out and they're at house parties and stuff. You're like, what the fuck are you at? Like, yeah. I mean, and you guys aren't even, you guys aren't even as bad as us though. It's going way down now, to be fair. We're at like, I think today was like only 37 new cases in the whole island Where? of Ireland. Um, oh, shit including Northern Ireland, um, hashtag United Ireland 32. I think there was like an extra eight in Northern Ireland. So what's that like 37 and eight, 45, which is unreal for a, an island of like 8 million, you know? So, yeah. Um, well, you guys took it re- like as a country, you guys took it very seriously pretty much from the beginning and took all the real precautions right away. We kind of like eased into all the precautions. So, yeah, like the only thing I will say about, like, I'm not a big fan of the Irish government that's in now, but, you know, they did handle the initial, um, they did handle, they've handled nearly all of this uh, fairly well, um, bar the odd statement on money and stuff like, but that's for a different podcast. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, we could get into it. Let's just, let's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say, fuck you, Leo. No, I don't want to Is it true that you don't view, is it true that you don't view Northern Islanders, Northern Irelanders as real Irish people? I heard you say that. You did not hear playing. me say that. Uh, you I'm did just not playing. Hear- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Gonna- I, th- I, I thought we were on the Maspeth Mumbler for a second. My fault. I was like the the propaganda corner. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get cancelled in my first I, I was interview sh- podcast. <laughs> I was trying to get a headline. <laughs> Clickbait. Just, just in. Kindle <laughs> um, destroys it's, Northern Ireland. <laughs> it's actually mad. Like I even saw on Twitter yesterday, um, some journalist from I think she's from Cork said something like that someone saw uh tourists from northern ireland in dublin and she was like look we don't want anybody who's not from ireland in ireland right now you need to stay in your own country and like technically she's right but to put that tweet out online is is social suicide i mean like yeah you know that's just so like there was a few tweets coming in saying what do you what do you mean what are you talking about we're all we're all irish like you know and which we all are yeah unfortunately since 1922 um it's been 26 counties and then six counties that are still under british rule which is shit especially now because it should just be like we're an island but six counties are under different restrictions than we are right which is it's madness when you think about it but the world is mad like you know and kind of crazy like i don't know did you see that video today of um the lady in central park yeah i saw that yesterday was that yesterday? Wild. Oh my god, man! Yeah, that was wild. That was. I think she's lost the dog. She's on like leave from work and everything. Like, I yeah, mean, I'm delighted. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was a good job changing the subject from Northern Ireland to this. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go from a serious issue to like not a serious issue. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that was wild. It's only wild because she knew what she was doing and it's like okay you get into a stupid argument about something that two people could have just gone their separate ways and ignored but when you are calling the cops for no reason on a black man alone that's given the potential for him to be murdered so that's why yeah. it's crazy 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think was... I don't think she should lose her job over it, but but she, no, but she's. But she I mean, she's on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she put the risk really high for him. For see, no that's reason. the it's madness. Like, it's also know. weird. Me and uh, my sister were talking about this. That it's kind of strange that. Like, who just stops and tells another person, like, hey, what are you doing with that dog? Put a leash on. Like, it's one thing if you have kids, but, like, me, basically me and Bridget were saying neither of them are from New York. No way. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, New, yeah. New York is my known business, and she's obviously not from New York because you heard her talk and say, I'm yeah. going to call the cops. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. When I saw the video, I mean... Why was he caught? Why did he start with it? Because the dog was off the leash or something, was it? Yeah. Yeah, the dog was off the leash. And apparently he told her to put the dog on the leash. And then she said no. And then he started recording. And then I see a couple of people say like, yeah, but you don't know what was said before he started recording. But with his tone and everything, it didn't sound like... She said that he threatened her life and her dog's life. I don't think he said put that dog on a leash or I will kill you and your dog. I don't know. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, it's not likely to me, but who knows? No, like that's, um, it's so, it's, it's kind of, isn't it? It's the power of social media as well. And the technology. Yeah. I mean, if I'm walking by a person and I see them with the dog off the leash, my first instinct isn't to say, put a, your dog on a leash. And then yeah. to take out my phone, it's probably that bitch looks crazy, and I'm just gonna walk <laughs> on, you know. But yeah, thanks. Anyways, um, speaking of Northern Ireland, there is a couple of nor like Northern Irish music acts. Um, one of them is like a, a rap group, Kneecap Kyol. Kneecap Kyol, oh, they're right. pretty good too. So you should check them out. What everybody else should be doing is checking out Rusty Gray on. Facebook, he's on Twitter with some very hot takes, some ludicrously yep. good tweets. He's on Thank YouTube, you. he's on Instagram, he's on absolutely everything. He's on MySpace still. There's not a lot of people left on MySpace, but he is still going. He I'm has. On he's on AIM. <laughs> he's on. He's on MSN Messenger for any uh, Irish listeners. That's what we I'm have on. instead of. Him. I'm on Bebo for any of my Irish listeners. On Bebo. He's, <laughs> he's on, on um, uh, oh, what else? But he's if you just Craig's send me. list offering <laughs> some very list. questionable services. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Backpage. I don't know if you know about that, but I'm on Backpage. Um, um, Liam's um, premier site is two girls one cup um so everybody <laughs> go check that out um if you, if wait you, <laughs> if you want to check my music out uh my social security number is five 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 that's all you need if anybody would like to um start paying me for these podcasts i'm just going to hold my credit card number up to the, <laughs> the camera <laughs> That's how that works. Um, so, yeah, I think we've probably come to the the end of the interview. We kind of went off track there. Um, but that's the beauty of Second Breakfast. We you did. Don't know but where you're going to end up. We did uh, finish the interview, but at the same time, I have nothing to do. So let's just make this like a like a 24-hour um, 
you know, telethon type of thing. Yeah. Watch our, we'll have, yeah. <laughs> we'll have callers. Yo, you should have people call into your podcast. Man, Damn. I just cool. realized I'm going to, I'm one of those people. You probably get all these people now. Like, yo, on the podcast, you should do this. Yo, bro. <laughs> yo, bro. On the next podcast, uh, why don't you have like a, like a pet monkey or something? That'd be funny. People like that, bro. Uh, I, I haven't people, gotten have you gotten you a lot of that something, as soon as you start doing something creative publicly you get all sorts of advice on yeah know, yeah uh, man. I know I've gotten a few um, the, the advice I've mainly gotten so far I've been lucky has been very sound there, there was one um, um, there was one that a bit of advice that I got that I was like like telling me where to to share the podcast mm-hmm. and i was like nah like i'm not gonna share it there because that's like what? on myspace on myspace they're like hey why don't you share it on bebo that's where all the kids <laughs> are these days <laughs> like, what, 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 what year is it 2008 i, I mean come on, on. i mean come on what is it with these kids and their bebos and their myspaces you know <laughs> what i mean what's the deal with bebo <laughs> I mean, tell me about it, guys. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'll keep an eye out that. I was telling you, all right, that I got one guy already, like some guy I've never even met or heard of in my life. Say like, hey, if you want some uh, beats for your podcast, <laughs> hit me up. And I was like, I was like, I don't know you. Like that's, I mean, that's <laughs> if they if they were very good, I but like obviously he was going to charge me. Yeah, that's knows, that's a say, like, yeah. Yeah, I was they like, have these bots set up to automatically DM and comment on people's stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not That's saying that thing. you you didn't deserve that offer. I'm not saying that at all. I think you. No, no. I mean, and I know there are sexy singles in my area. I know <laughs> they are. I just can't find them. It's 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 infuriating. I get it. There's <laughs> single moms that uh, need some relaxing time. I get it, and they like young cubs. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that gets that ad? I've asked a million people. No one else gets that ad. No. Single moms in your area. Just How do they know I like single moms? Located solely in the Maspeth 66th Street area. There's loads of them around there, man. <laughs> if anybody right, would so like Liam's exact the location. Is now the, the what? Change Maspeth Mumbler to the, the Maspeth Milfs. Oh, the mess pit moves. That's like a crazy book club. I, w- I, w- I would like to go there. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think, you know, I think we're at like half an hour oh, now. Okay. I think that's, I think I'm going to stop it there. I'm going to stop the recording. So I just want to say thanks all so right, much, man. Liam, for coming on. Um, thanks for Thank the you. music as well, because don't log off just yet guys because i'm gonna have liam play us out so thanks once again to rusty gray he's on youtube facebook twitter instagram myspace bebo aim Pornhub. he's on all of them so <laughs> thank you only so much fans dude. snapchat <laughs> premium only fans thank you thank you for having me for i appreciate no it let me just say on record the wrath peak and rambler is my favorite podcast it's um, I not just saying that because you're my cousin. I really do enjoy it. I told you a lot of these movies and TV shows I don't even watch or listen to or 
or anything because I just always I'm I'm too lazy when it comes to watching stuff. But I still enjoy your commentary because it's it's funny and it's entertaining and it's soothing. I kind of like it's kind of <laughs> cathartic in a way. Now nah, for Thank real though, I, I do like it a lot. And I don't have to watch these movies or TV shows now because I just listen to you talk about them. There you go. That's that's all. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't let anyone tell you anything about what you want to do. Just continue to make art. Thank Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Hi, guys. It's me back. Um, So that's the end of the interview. Um, Once again, thanks to Rusty Gray for coming on. We covered an absolute range, a massive range of topics there. Um, how good was Bebo, by the way? Top 16, you know, possibly a little bit facilitating bullies and social cues and stuff, social cues, social norms and stuff like that. It's mad, isn't it, when you look back? Wasn't a class the way you could have your favourite song come on the page when someone would log on? They'd come on and they'd see, like... Whatever DJ Cammy hit was out that summer. But um, let me know what you thought of the interview anyways. Let me know if you think I should keep doing them. Let me know what you think of the podcast in general. Um, thanks again for listening. Check me out on WordPress at The Rathpeak and Rambler. I'm on Facebook, The Rathpeak and Rambler. Twitter, The Rathpeak and Rambler. Instagram, The Rathpeak and Rambler. I'm even putting up the odd YouTube video. Um, you know, stay safe, stay indoors. Have a good one. Love you all, as I said, and the man who just gave the interview. Here we have Rusty Gray to play us out. Good uh, night. This is nothing that you've seen before. Yeah. This is not something for the green sea low. This is something that we need dope. Reviews of the movies, favorite TV shows, or take you lit talks about life. That's just in second breakfast. Two themes in one podcast. Huh, this man is restless. He got just what you seek in Scrambler. He is the Wrath Peak and Rambler.